No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome back to Simply the Bible, the through to Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see where God repeats various laws and then gives the royal law of love that Jesus called the second greatest commandment. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Leviticus chapter 19 on Simply the Bible. It doesn't matter how many times you repeat a lie or how many people repeat it, a lie is still a lie. On the other hand, the truth is worth repeating over and over again. Why is that? Because we are so forgetful. God must remind us of the things we already know so that they will pass from mere head knowledge to actual experience. In this chapter, God covers ground that he had already covered. But he added something new that would become a foundational principle to everything else that would follow. We pick it up in Leviticus chapter 19. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to all the congregation of the children of Israel and say to them, You shall be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. We have seen that this book of Leviticus is really a book of holiness. It teaches the people what it means to be holy as God is holy. As his children, God wants us to partake of his holiness. I can understand that because as a father, nothing delights my heart more than to see my children making good choices. And in the past, nothing has grieved my heart more than when they made bad choices. Likewise, we have the power to please God or to grieve him depending on whether we choose holiness or sin. Verse 3, Every one of you shall revere his mother and his father and keep my Sabbaths. I am the Lord your God. The Lord circles back to the Ten Commandments again and again. They reveal his core values. The first commandment, on the second tablet, dealing with man's relationship with his fellow man, was to honor your father and mother so that you would live a long life. The first relationship we have is with our parents, and this remains a fundamental principle for the foundation of society. It also ranks very highly on the list of things that God esteems. Now, we've pointed out earlier that the Sabbath law was the sign of the covenant that God made with Israel. As Gentiles under the new covenant, Christ is our Sabbath rest. We have rested from our works of trying to be saved by our own works. However, taking one day in seven for rest and worship would do us a lot of good and we'd be a lot healthier. We also know that many of the festive days or holy days were Sabbaths. So taking time on holidays away from work to spend with our family, it's just a healthy thing to do, as well as being a joyful time of celebration. Verse 4, Do not turn to idols, nor make for yourselves molded gods. I am the Lord your God. The Lord repeats the first two of the Ten Commandments. This would be a constant problem for Israel and would ultimately result in the northern and the southern kingdoms being led away into captivity because of their idolatry. 
What are the idols of our culture? Pleasure, power, and possessions. These things are fine in their proper place if God is on the throne of your heart, but they make lousy gods and they cannot save. Verse five. And if you offer a sacrifice of a peace offering to the Lord, you shall offer it of your own free will. It shall be eaten the same day you offer it and on the next day. And if any remains until the third day, it shall be burned in the fire. And if it is eaten at all on the third day, it is an abomination. It shall not be accepted. Therefore, everyone who eats it shall bear his iniquity because he has profaned the hallowed offering of the Lord. And that person shall be cut off from his people. It is interesting that God would repeat this commandment about eating the meat of the peace offering. This was the only offering that the worshiper offered in which he would receive back a portion for his own consumption. If it was an offering for a vow or voluntary offering, then it had to be eaten either the same day as it was sacrificed or the next day. But by the third day, any leftovers had to be thrown out. God doesn't explain the reason, but he repeats the commandment here along with its penalty for breaking it. One reason could be that in those days, they didn't have refrigeration so that by day three, the meat would begin to spoil. But perhaps there was another spiritual reason for this that I don't know. One thing for sure, God considered any voluntary offering like this to be hallowed, dedicated, and devoted to him. And he took it seriously. What free will offering have you given to the Lord? You may not think much of it, but God values and prizes it highly. Verse 9. When you reap the harvest of your land, you shall not wholly reap the corners of your field, nor shall you gather the gleanings of your harvest. And you shall not glean your vineyard, nor shall you gather every grape of your vineyard. You shall leave them for the poor and the stranger. I am the Lord your God. Throughout Scripture, Old and New Testaments, we see God's tender care for the poor, the strangers, or the foreigners the widows, and the orphans. He is a father to the fatherless, a protector of widows. And he says, whoever gives to the poor lends to the Lord. Therefore, he takes the cause of the poor upon himself. That was why when they reaped their harvest, they weren't to touch the corners of their field, neither were they to pick whatever they left behind after the first picking. This was to be left for the poor and strangers of the land. It was a welfare system that required them to do something besides going to their mailbox and getting a check. People who were too lazy to work would go hungry, but people who were willing to do their part would not only have food, they'd also have dignity. It was a good system that would be very difficult to scam. Verse 11, you shall not steal nor deal falsely, nor lie to one another. And you shall not swear by my name falsely, nor shall you profane the name of the Lord your God. And you shall not swear by my name falsely, nor shall you profane the name of your God. I am the Lord. In two verses, God covered three of the Ten Commandments. Number three, 
you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Number eight, you shall not steal. And number nine, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. Verse 13, you shall not cheat your neighbor, nor rob him. The wages of him who is hired shall not remain with you all night until morning. You cheat your neighbor by not paying him what he is due. The laborer is worthy of his hire. Sometimes people in the world won't do business with Christians because they don't keep their word or they don't pay their bills on time. That is a reproach to the name of Christ. If you're a Christian employer or contractor, then pay your people what you agree to pay them on time. Christians ought to be the best employers out there. But sadly, that is not always the case. Verse 14, You shall not curse the deaf, nor put a stumbling block before the blind, but you shall fear your God. I am the Lord. I mean, the fact that God even has to mention this, not cursing the deaf or putting a stumbling block before a blind person, shows you the depravity of the heart of man. Verse 15, you shall do no injustice in judgment. You shall not be partial to the poor, nor honor the person of the mighty. In righteousness, you shall judge your neighbor. One of my favorite verses is Micah 6, 8. He has shown you, O man, what is good and what does the Lord require of you, but to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Doing justly. You know, there's a reason Lady Justice is blindfolded. When rendering good justice, we shouldn't even consider who it is, but only what has been done. Verse 16, You shall not go about as a tale-bearer among your people, nor shall you take a stand against the life of your neighbor. I am the Lord. Of course, gossip never happens in the church, right? Some people just have to be in the know and have to be the first to share something bad about somebody else. Just remember, what goes around comes around. You reap what you sow. If you're the one saying something about somebody else, they're going to be talking about you soon enough. Taking a stand against a neighbor would be to spread slander, even bearing false witness against him to the point that he could lose his life. Verse 17, You shall not hate your brother in your heart. You shall surely rebuke your neighbor and not bear sin because of him. You shall not take vengeance, nor bear any grudge against the children of your people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. Now, Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, you have heard that our ancestors were told you must not murder. If you commit murder, you are subject to judgment. But I say, if you are even angry with someone, you are subject to judgment. If you call someone an idiot, you are in danger of being brought before the court. And if you curse someone, you are in danger of the fires of hell. You see, Jesus went back to the heart attitude behind murder. It is anger that turns to hatred. But here we see in the law that they were not to hate their brother or bear a grudge against him or take vengeance against him. Instead, if he was in the wrong, if he had sinned, 
then you were to rebuke him. Otherwise, by your silence, you would be participating in his sin. In all these things, you were to love your neighbor as yourself. God highlights this with the phrase, I am the Lord. In other words, listen up. I brought you into this world and I can take you out. Now you'll recall when Jesus was asked, what is the greatest commandment in the law? He replied, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And the second one is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. This is what he quoted, Leviticus 19.18. It's a foundational principle for everything else that would follow. Just think what this world would be like if we would all really do this. If we would take the time to put ourselves in the shoes of our neighbor, to really put ourselves in his or her place and love him or her as we want to be loved. You see, the bottom line is when everything else is stripped away, people just want to be loved. May God bless you. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. They meet Sunday mornings at 1030 at Pepperidge Elementary School in Boise. Also, to listen to any of Pastor Daryl's teachings or to find out more about the church, go to their website at calvarytv.org. We'd really love to hear from you. You can also text us at 208-314-3377 with your questions or comments. Tomorrow we'll see where God gives various laws to Moses, governing everything from seed to scales. We hope you'll join us as we continue through Leviticus on Simply the Bible.